another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast on the road, heading back from Indianapolis after Friday's uh, tough loss by Purdue to Ohio State in overtime. Tough in the aspect that Purdue clawed its way back from an 18-point halftime deficit to force overtime, but then just made too many mistakes in overtime, didn't take advantage of some opportunities. Ohio State was able to extend the lead and boom, the game was over. You know, momentum is a is a weird thing. You can have it and then you can't. And Purdue clearly had the momentum at the end of the second half, at the end of regulation. And the thought process was, well, they can, they can carry this into the overtime. But, I you know, I think there was a... Uh, Purdue got a steal. I think Trevion Williams got a steal. Had a fast break opportunity. Didn't convert. Um, and then I think Ohio State came down and converted. That was a missed opportunity. They missed a box out on a free throw attempt. Uh, another missed opportunity. And then one thing led to another. And Ohio State was able to take control of the game and kind of keep Purdue uh, down during the overtime period to to pull away. But it was a it was a great comeback by Purdue, but it was also a horrible uh, start by Purdue. Uh, a lot of it had to do just with Ohio State and the ability to hit three three pointers early on, especially Kyle Young uh, came out smoking hot, uh, per, put Purdue in a hole. Um, and it just kind of it got deeper and deeper as you got to the end of the first half. Um, I think I, I think I counted it up in the last ten minutes or so. Ohio State might have been twelve of fifteen from the field, eleven of fourteen or something like that. I, I think they hit four three pointers to close out the first half, and you know Purdue was kind of hanging around a little bit. Uh, but then once it got to 18, once you got to halftime, it was, you know, Purdue was in was in a desperate situation. They'd been, you know, they'd taken a punch, but they had not delivered a punch yet. Um, and the, you know, the problems in the first half are that are are issues that that you know need to get straightened out as you hit the NCAA tournament. And uh, I can't recall this year uh, a team really carving up Purdue's defense the way Ohio State did. Uh, they did it in a variety of ways. They did it with the three-point shot. They did it off the bounce. Um, you know, and after the game, uh, the players and Matt Painter both said that, you know, the lack of communication, the, you know, I, I guess no one, but nobody was talking. No one was uh, saying, you know, that that's my man or my ball or, or something like that. And it led to confusion. It led to uh, players overcompensating for somebody else's mistake instead of just doing what they're supposed to do. Don't try to pick up somebody else's play because you're gonna. It's gonna lead to another mistake. Then you've got two people making mistakes instead of just one. Uh, and I, I just it looked like Purdue was just overcompensating. You know they were late to close out on shooters. Um, they were a step slow. I mean, Ohio State, you know, was getting loose balls, and they were quicker, and so on and so forth. And it just put Purdue in a, in a probably probably the worst position um, 
that it's been an all year. The only one I can compare it to really is the game at Michigan State that Purdue came back and won, and you know Travion had the big second half, and ironically that was the game that really set Purdue on its way. You know they had a four-game winning streak after that. You know and they 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 came in hot in the Big Ten tournament because of that. They were able to build off that win. Uh, that put them in the in the number four seed. Uh, and Purdue did a lot of good work to get itself in the uh, in the double bye position, the number four seed. Um, but they in a, in a half, it, it appeared that they were ready just to kind of give it away. Um, and one, you know, they didn't, they didn't have a lot of turnovers today. I think they had nine. Uh, but you know, they, they they just didn't finish around the basket in the first half. Um, you know, they just had a lot of opportunities there that just didn't didn't go their way, and a, a lot of the things they did uh, were self-inflicted. Uh, but you got to credit Ohio State for coming out and really getting going from the three-point line with Kyle Young and some other guys. And you got to remember, Purdue did beat Ohio State twice this year, and, uh, and I'm sure that you know brought Ohio State's focus a little bit more clearer in this game. But in the first game, Ohio State didn't have E.J. Liddell. And I believe in the second game, they didn't have C.J. Walker. Uh, but both were back tonight and both played and both uh, had good games. I mean, that, that, they're not the only two reasons why Ohio State won this game. But Purdue didn't maybe catch Ohio State in the regular season uh, the way that Ohio State and I know that I know they came in with a losing streak to this game, but they're still one of the uh, they're one of the top teams in the conference, and they're one of the top teams in the country, uh, just based on the pure talent that they have. Uh, but you know, as much as you credit Ohio State for doing what it did in the first half, you got to credit uh, Purdue for what it did in the second half. And I really thought Jaden Ivey jump started him with the the back to back three pointers, uh, kind of got him going, got him back within ten. 10 points or so. I think Ivy hit a couple threes. Newman hit a three. And, you know, Purdue was under 10. It might have got back up to 10 after that. But then Purdue just kind of slowly, you know, step, kept feeding Travion. He kept scoring. Purdue get a stop. They come back down. They keep feeding Travion. He kept scoring. And, you know, they just kind of methodically got their way back into it where, you know, eventually it became a one-possession game. And, you know, Purdue was able to, to tie it. You know, a couple times late, uh, but never had the ball. You know, re- I mean, they were going to go inside on, you know, when it was uh, 72-70. I mean, Purdue was going to go inside to Travion, and they were going to they were going to play for the two-point play instead of maybe maybe running a three for the win. So I, I was going to say that Purdue never had the ball with a chance to win. That would be inaccurate because you're down two and you got the ball. You do have a chance to win. But I think Purdue was going for the tie in that situation, just trying to extend the game. And when Travion scored, I think there were 9.6 seconds left. Um, you know, Ohio State turned the ball over, so it didn't get a final shot uh, at the end of regulation. But you, you, you like the way that Purdue, you know, clawed its way back into the game. You know, I thought Mason Gillis was big on the boards in the second half. Had some hustle plays, hit some free throws. Uh, Zach Eady, you know, was solid. Uh, you know, but Purdue was going to ride the hot hand of 
of Travion, which they've done numerous times this year, especially in the second half, especially when they've been behind. Uh, so that you know that wasn't a surprise, and but you know Purdue was able to to correct itself a little bit defensively in the second half, uh, get some stops, get some key rebounds, even though they were out rebounded overall. Um, and I you know I thought Ohio State kicked its butt on the rebounding in the first half clearly, uh, but Purdue got you know got its share in the second half uh, and uh, was able to get back into the game. Uh, but, and I know this. I know the second half comeback was is what everybody will latch on to, and you know believe okay they you know they've you know they can they can make a run now that you know they've had that boost. Well, I just kind of caution. Um, you know there were some the fact that they played so poorly defensively in that first half. I think it's not. I'm not ringing the uh, five alarm fire bell on that and uh, being concerned, but. It just it makes you wonder, you know, how this team is going to handle the postseason. And tonight was a postseason game, um, and they didn't handle the start very well. You do that again next week, wherever you play and whoever you play, you're going to find yourself on a bus back home pretty quickly. Uh, so they, they have some time off now to kind of reflect and uh, restart themselves a little bit. Um, but they've, you know, they've got to iron out some issues there uh, on the defensive side. And you know, Painter hasn't been particularly happy with how they play defense, even though the numbers tell you that Purdue is playing good defense. You know, IU scored 58 points. Um, you know, they held Wisconsin under 70. Um, they did a good job at Penn State. I mean, they have. The numbers tell you they're playing pretty good defense, but Painter has brought it up a couple times the last couple weeks that he's just not, they're, they're just not doing uh, enough defensively. And, you know, that would be a bit of a concern going into the into the NCAAs right now because uh, you, you got to bring your defense with you. you got to bring your defense and your rebounding and your ability to take care of the ball. Uh, you know, Purdue didn't rebound well for the whole game. It rebounded better in the second half, but didn't play great defense. I mean, Ohio State had 49 points at halftime. That's a that's a 90-point game. That's on pace for a 90-point game right there. And, you know, Purdue, does, Purdue doesn't give up 90 points. And they didn't give up 90, but, you know, they gave up enough, uh, especially when you held that team uh, or that team only scored 60 uh, 60 or so in the two regular season meetings. Uh, so Purdue's got some work to do. Um, it just can't, you know, if it, if it get, as I said, if it gets to the next week and they get themselves in a hole again, it might be a hard one to get out of. You know, it was it was hard to get out of this one, but they got out of it uh, and got got a second chance in overtime, but didn't t- didn't take advantage of it. Uh, but you know, Travion did what Travion has done. Still, you know, he misses nine field goals. They did a good job of uh, pushing him off the block, forcing him to take longer shots, which for him is, you know, farther up the lane a little bit. Um, But, you know, the one thing I think really needs to get going for Purdue, and it may not happen this year because it just really hasn't happened consistently enough, and uh, 
three-point shooting is not considered a consistent stat. There's a reason why shooting 40% is a good number. But Purdue needs... They, they need some three-point shooting. They don't need a lot of it. They just need some of it. Jaden Ivey hit four tonight, which is a season high for him. Um, and, they're, you know, they're going to play him to drive. They're going to play off of him, so he's going to have some opportunities. But when he can set his feet like he did today and and dial up a, a three-pointer, you know, he, he's a pretty good shooter. And he is a good shooter. It just hasn't gone well for him this year total. <laughs> Excuse me, but um, Purdue's, you know, Purdue's going to need some three-point shooting uh, in the NCAA tournament. Fed Ohio State uh, did a good job of kind of being there when Sasha Stefanovic got the ball. Uh, didn't let him square up. Uh, he didn't hit a field goal today. He had four attempts. But I thought Ohio State did a good job when he had the ball. They were right there. Um, Hunter had some opportunities to shoot, but uh, I think he might might have made one. Uh, other guys had had some had some chances. You know, Purdue Purdue plays through its post. It plays uh, through Williams and it plays through Edie. There's no secret there, but they they really need um, to find a better consistent level of three point shooting. I mean, they just they they just need to. Um, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but it was another, probably another percentage game right around what they've been shooting uh, all year. Uh, and, and again, the, this they may not solve that issue this year for whatever reason. They may not solve it at all. It may have to wait till next year to get to get fixed or. Uh, that, you know, I, I do believe they have good shooters. It was good that Brandon Newman hit one. He's been struggling. It, uh, uh, but they need they need Stefanovic to get hot. You know, they need Ivy to continue to do what he's doing. Um, need Gillis hit a couple threes. Aaron Wheeler hit a three again tonight. Uh, so it, I, I just think that's maybe the one element that. If they can get some of those to go down early, then maybe that gets them into the game a little bit quicker, and then you're able to play play through the post a little bit more uh, because the other team has a few more things uh, to worry about. But you know, overall, it's not a disheartening disheartening loss, um, and you can't really sit here and say, "Well, Purdue should have won because." They led for 45 seconds in the game. Yeah, 45 seconds they led in this game, and it goes to overtime. You know, Ohio State was the better team. And, you know, the Buckeyes also were hurt by Kyle Young not playing maybe a few minutes in the second half. Not sure what his issue was, but he went to the locker room with about uh, 10, 12, 13 minutes to go in the game. You know, he had 18 points in the first half. Uh, and then Dwayne Washington Jr. got hot, and then other guys got hot. And um, Good team, good solid team, Ohio State. I I think Ohio State's still playing for a number one seed. Uh, I think if they can win the Big Ten tournament, I think you, they, have to, they have to be in that conversation, and, you know, it's going to be tough on the committee. If Ohio State would upset Michigan on Saturday, 
you know, the committee then has to basically, I, I think the committee at that point has got to get two brackets together because um, if Ohio State ends up winning the Big Ten tournament, um, uh, you know, I think they're worthy of a, a number one seed. I know they lost, I think, four in a row going coming into this thing, but, you know, they've got the metrics. Uh, they have the talent. Uh, I know Baylor got beat tonight, and I don't think Baylor will drop from a number one seed. Uh, and if they do, does that open the door for three Big Ten teams maybe to get number one seeds? You know, if the last eight beats Michigan, does that knock Michigan out? I mean, Illinois is playing probably as well as anybody in the conference right now. And obviously, if they win the, the tournament, they're going to be a number one seed. But what if it's Illinois and Ohio State in the finals on Sunday? You know, Michigan's in that conversation. should be in that conversation. Baylor's probably going to stay there. I, I would assume Baylor stays in that conversation. But Zaga's already going to be the number one uh, overall seed. But outside possibility that you get three number ones out of the Big Ten. Ohio State, Michigan, and Illinois. I mean, that's... You're really, really, really top-heavy there uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, for Purdue, I think they're probably in the number four seed range. I don't think this loss should uh, knock them down. I think the only way they get knocked down is some sort of procedural thing. Uh, and the one thing to look for, and because of how the, the committee does the bracketing and the principles involved in the bracketing, if you have two number one seeds from the Big Ten and Purdue is a number four seed, they will not be matched up. They will not be in the same bracket as those two Big Ten teams. So that would pair Purdue with Gonzaga and or Baylor in their in their bracket in their region. Um, and that's just a fact that, that has to happen. And then if you have three number one seeds from the Big Ten, they would... Um, you know, they would then be paired up with Gonzaga as the four seed. Gonzaga would be the one and Purdue would be the four uh, in that in that region. That's just the way the bracketing and the principles work. Uh, but, you know, Purdue could, could, could get shuffled around. Uh, you could get shuffled back to a five, but there's really not much difference there. Uh, you're dealing with the same kind of principles, and they normally don't move a team two lines stuff like that so you know I think Purdue's probably in a four I think they played their way into a four you know win today would have definitely solidified it you know maybe if they'd have got to the championship game they would have um, got a little consideration for a three but you know I, I think this is kind of where Purdue's at this is the season that they've had um, and now they just have to clean up their issues um, on the defensive end, and they've got to be able to hit some free throws. Uh, 27 attempts tonight, but not a good night from the line. Uh, got off to a bad start. I can't remember the last time Zach Eady missed two free throws back-to-back, uh, but he did that in the first half. Purdue started 0-4 uh, from the line. I think ended up 15-27 maybe. Uh, just not a, not a good night at the line, and you've got to – you know, I think there were seven of thirteen in the second half, and you know when you get to the end of regulation and you're tied and you see that you're seven of thirteen, 
uh, in the second half at the free throw line, you start beating yourself up a little bit because you know there was there were some opportunities there to to cut into that lead, and some of those missed opportunities were front ends of one on ones. So uh, you know you can't walk away from this game and think, well, you know, Purdue. Purdue, you know, Purdue didn't have a chance. Well, they had plenty of chances, but on this night, Ohio State was just a better was better from start to finish. Uh, but you know, now Purdue gets ready for the NCAA tournament, and you know, if you're a four seed, you're probably playing a mid-major, uh, a conference tournament winner, or a regular season uh, champion. Uh, but then your second round game. Uh, it's going to be a, you know, one against, uh, you know, a five seed that is just, that the committee considers just a rung below you. Uh, but those, those are usually dogfights and those are, those are games like today where a team can get hot and just bury you early and then you got to claw your way back. But, you know, I think Purdue has responded all year. They've responded in, within games to the adversity. When you look back, Michigan State, they were down big. Ohio State, they were down big. Uh, Rutgers, they were down big, came back, didn't win. But they've been down by double digits several times, and they've kind of fought their way back in the games. But they're going to have to have the same fight from the beginning. I, I just I, I just don't think they can put themselves in the same position that they put themselves in today uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament, regardless of who they're playing. And I'm not talking about being down 18 per se, but just you, you can't put yourself, you can't have the same problems you had today trying to defend in the first half. If you have those similar problems in a week, uh, then you're, you're coming home. You're coming home on the bus that night, and your season's over. And I think the last thing that this fan base wants to see is a quick exit from the Big Ten and the uh, NCAA tournament. And I know the fans haven't been able to, to be at games this year until today, but Purdue's had such a good year um, that losing back-to-back games to end it all would be, uh, lack of a better word, just a bummer. You'd like to to, to win, win a game or two in the NCAA just to really give yourself a, a shot in the arm going into next year. Uh, but you know, in order to do that, you got to clean up some mistakes. One thing about the fans, it was great to have fans at a game. Uh, I know it was limited capacity, uh, maybe 8,000 at most. A lot of Purdue fans there, a lot of Purdue fans, and their voices were heard. And I really think that um, that really helped spur the comeback. You know, Purdue was able to feed off the crowd. Uh, they were all, they were able to feed off their energy uh, to get going, and I, you know I think the fans were just kind of hungry to watch watch this team play. And you know, the first 20 minutes were not great, but you know the second 20 minutes you know gave them their money's worth and, and gave them enough to look forward to the next year uh, that you know this team is going to be uh, really something to watch and some you know a team really to get to get behind uh next year but it's good to have fans back good to hear the roar of the crowd 
uh, outside of that stupid piped-in music that they play. Uh, God, that's annoying. Uh, and I think they were playing it during the Rutgers Illinois game. But anyway, fans were there. It was just just a good, you know, just the best the best scene of of, of the year uh, with fans there and just the atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, hopefully this leads to to better things for our society as far as getting out and about and doing stuff. But yeah, it was a uh, it was a good day to to have have some fans in the stands and. Uh, watch some basketball all right well probably rambled on too much for you uh, if you're still sticking around uh, help me kill the time on the drive back but we do appreciate you stopping by questions or concerns you know feel free to hit me up and uh, do the best we can to answer uh, answer what's ever on your mind and uh, get uh trying to get you through this uh so we'll have full coverage of selection sunday when it happens uh of course you'll be watching it uh and what it means and uh of course purdue is hosting uh some games at Mackey arena boilermakers can't play there but uh purdue's going to host first four games on thursday and then a couple games on friday and saturday as part of the first round you know purdue's choices uh, of where they can play. Uh, they can play in Bloomington. Uh, they can play in Lucas Oil. They can play at Banker's Life. Uh, they can play at Hinkle. And they can play at the Farmer's Coliseum. So th- those are their options. Uh, now, I, I don't know how they're going to determine who plays where. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I really don't know that. Uh, but uh, but Purdue did come home after the game, and they will go back down Sunday to get in their bubble, uh, the NCAA bubble, and then they they'll be in the bubble for as long as they're alive in the tournament. Pretty simple. All right. Well, appreciate you stopping by. Uh, and uh, again, questions, concerns, feel free to reach out. So. Have a good day.